Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week we are here to recap season four, episode two of Gilmore Girls, titled The Lorelei's First Day at Yale. The Netflix bio for this episode is... Lorelai helps Rory move into her dorm, where she meets an odd new roommate and learns she will also be sharing her room with a familiar face. Dun, Who dun, could dun. it be? <laughs> and <but> Tristan. <laughs> oh <No>. gosh, <laughs> that'd be terrible. Agreed. <laughs> Before we get into things, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, especially, mm-hmm. we appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts. Apple pa- uh, Apple Podcasts, because we like reading what you have to say. And you can also email us your thoughts at talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Did I forget it anything? It will be just the endorphin rush I need. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you do any of those things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what were your thoughts on this episode? It's a big one. Momentous. Yeah. I found it exciting to watch purely from the standpoint that it does mark such a turning point. Mm-hmm. Like we discussed last episode, we we're kind of on that precipice. And here we are just diving in. And... It also had me feeling, frankly, like a little nostalgic Mm -hmm. for my like undergrad orientation. Like I think I had a fairly conventional four year university kind of experience, kind of in like a little bubble in a way, almost like Rory, but I was at an Ivy League. So it just had me in like a reflective space and I found it a delight in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk about it. How about you? Yeah, I thought this episode... I also love it's just like such a big moment in both of their lives. As I was taking notes for it, I realized that there's really not much that happens plot wise. It's kind of just Mm. one thing that's happening the whole time. So I don't know how how long (laughs) this episode will go because we don't have millions of details to cover. But I don't know. My undergrad experience was a bit different, Um, but I do like there were so many moments in Rory's move in that like reminded me almost viscerally of feelings I remember from starting college or even like starting other new experiences Mm -hmm. in life so I'm excited to talk about those definitely I can't believe she said she was only a little bit nervous on the day she was heading to Yale I remember feeling like I was gonna puke for the two-hour drive (laughs) to my undergrad that's clearly a lie yeah (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into that lie, um, we have our Talking Fast segment. And this week it is my honor to go first. (laughs) That's a new way to phrase things. (laughs) I know. Okay. (laughs) Trying to just, you know, glass half full. (laughs) Are you prepared? Yeah. Okay. Ready, set, go. Rory is finally going to Yale. They borrow Luke's truck and take their mattress. Rory has memorized the schedule and a map. When she gets there, they're like moving in. She meets a new roommate and then someone she knows already. Paris is also her roommate. Surprise! Uh, Meanwhile, Luke is dealing with lawyers because of the divorce stuff. Lorelai and Rory try to say goodbye a couple times. Lorelai spends the night. Rory starts to make friends by the end of it and she's um, nervous and... Lorelai is now a verb, kind of. Okay. (laughs) See, I told you there's like really not that much that happens, even though it's so momentous and that. But it's the impact of everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You ready? I think so. Okay. 
On your mark, get set, go. It's the first day of Yale, so they're getting prepared to move everything in. Lorelai's borrowing Luke's truck, but she doesn't know how to drive it, so that's going to be a bit throughout the episode. And they get to Yale and have a funny freshman counselor and an interesting new roommate who's very quiet. And then they move stuff in. Lorelai decides she needs to buy more stuff and keeps Luke's truck. And Luke is also dealing with lawyers for divorce stuff. And then Paris is the roommate. And then they order takeout and stuff. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I didn't do as well. But you got the takeout in. Yeah. That's important. Okay, we slow down and go through in detail this big episode. Yes, yes. I have a question for you before we even get into the episode itself. When I was hitting play on Netflix, there was a previously on. Yeah. Is this the first season where there's a previously on? I noticed that also. I think it is because I it definitely wasn't on the first three seasons. And sometimes I'm like, if I'm you know, binge watching a show, it'll automatically skip the previously on on Netflix. But that's not the case because we are watching like once a week. So it wouldn't do that. So it must be. I wonder how fun when we were talking to Valerie, she mentioned that sometimes when they have the previously ons, it's to like meet the time quota because there wasn't enough in the episode. And I was wondering, maybe that's what this is about. (laughs) Yeah, we should track, like, how long are the previously on yeah. throughout the season if they keep happening. Yeah, because there wasn't, there wasn't one on episode one where you would kind of expect it more. Oh, yeah. You know. Well. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> There's also in the opening credits, I did notice several new clips and whatnot uh. of the different characters. Like, there's one of... Lorelai and Rory walking through Chilton at the end, a couple things like that. So they refresh some things, but not all of it, which is kind of a question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've admitted this before, but I skip the opening <laughs> credits. <laughs> not mm-hmm. for dislike of the song or anything, but just because the music is so much louder than the rest of the show and it always shocks me when it comes on so I skip it I take the time to write down the episode bio so I'm kind of half watching it half doing my task my homework of recording the bio (laughs) multitasking it's important yeah but within the cold open I have my first nomination for Lorelai's Closet oh I do too Hmm. Ooh, is it for <laughs> Rory? Yes, kind of. Mine is I not for any clothing. Mine was just <laughs> for the taking pictures of Rory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about yours. <laughs> okay, so a while back, I made a few different TikToks of the like promotional pictures that Gilmore Girls put out each season, and I found those in like the Gilmore Girls Wiki archive. And one of them in particular featured Rory in this like orangish, mm-hmm. almost red polo that she wears in this first episode. And she looks frankly a little awkward in the picture. I think it looks more natural actually in this episode. But I feel like we from multiple, well, Rory only really wears two outfits in this episode, but both of them felt so early 2000s fashion to me in a way that kind of is like Roy's maybe like dressing a bit trendier now that she's going into college because before I felt like her fashion was a little timeless in a Mm -hmm. sense or classic you know but 
this was like oh yeah I had that like Aeropostale polo <laughs> or the like from limited two or something like that and she's wearing like a cami tank top underneath both of her shirts even though the shirts are long already like mm-hmm. the layering. and it's just so weirdly yeah the layering and the polo is so like weirdly preppy when mm-hmm. she's not that preppy but you know she's wearing it so I just wanted to highlight like keeping an eye on her fashion throughout this season yeah <laughs> as it you know evolves yeah we've moved moved past the huge white chunky sweater from the pilot episode mm-hmm. yeah I'd like that back <laughs> I know that did look so cozy I chose throughout this whole opening scene Lorelai has found a camera so she's taking pictures of Rory like having her do poses but then also wanting her to be candid and stuff and I I chose this as my Lorelai's closet. I know it's not technically clothing, but it just feels like clothing related. Taking mm-hmm. pictures of people in at events, like they're I don't know, it just felt I don't know paparazzi-ish, you know, <laughs> taking yeah. account of people's looks and all of that. I also admit I just like didn't pay attention to the outfits for the rest of this episode, apart from Rory's bootcut jeans which were also very 2000s oh yeah she's not doing the skinny jeans yeah she's not even doing the straight jeans that are kind of in right now it was a whole other kind of jean yeah I hope they don't come bootcuts don't come back I just I mean I guess maybe they worked for some people but not for me not not for me I have like shorter legs so I think they would only like emphasize that I had the opposite problem I my legs Mm. are pretty long so most pants like even if they're not when I buy them they end up being an inch or two too short after washing them so oh see mine are an inch or two long you just need to like (laughs) trade (laughs) just cut off like a inch or two from your pants and I'll put them on my pants (laughs) exactly I'll just loan them to you weird (laughs) and I think like on the note of fashion I also had to go back and like speed rewatch. Not like really rewatch, but I had to go look through the different scenes and find a nomination at all. And I partially was like, oh, it's because there's only Lorelai wears the same outfit mm-hmm. the whole episode. And Rory wears almost for the whole episode the same outfit. So there wasn't a lot to kind of work through. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. You don't like wear your best outfit on a moving day, you know? Yeah. You got to be comfortable, ready to lift objects. But stuff you're like also that. like meeting a whole bunch of people for the first time. So you don't want to look know. shabby, you know? Yeah. It's a fine balance. Yeah. It is. I think Rory achieved it, though. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. did. I thought Paris looked good, also. She's like, yeah. cut her hair. And well, well, we'll get to Paris. Yeah. Definitely. The other thing in this scene, which I had completely forgot about, is this phrase you hear every now and then like a Gilmoreism. will you copper mm-hmm. boom yeah what does copper boom mean Suzanne I <laughs> could not tell you <laughs> I didn't notice it until the second time that it was said in this episode and I like mm. just I she was like naming off people and said some I don't know <laughs> what's the explanation <laughs> yeah I don't fully understand it either like Rory's kind of talking to Lorelai who is upstairs trying to get her to hurry up and she's going on about the rampant capitalism or Mm -hmm. consumerism of beauty products which I agree with and I think at some point in there she says the words copper and boom Mm -hmm. not related to each other but Lorelai comes down and says copper boom 
And so then later on, she says copper boom again as a way to mean like hurry up or like yeah. let's get at it or whatever. And Rory's like, what's that? And then they just keep saying it. And history's made. Yeah. It's like the oi with the poodles already, like a throwaway line that has become, Sticks. yeah, it's become like mm-hmm. part of the Gilmore Girls lexicon, really. Yeah. And I think Copper Boom is fun because it is so nonsensical mm-hmm. that you don't fully understand it even watching the show, but you definitely don't if you don't watch the show. Mm-hmm. It's like perfect for a coffee cup or a t-shirt, you know, <laughs> laptop sticker. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of consumerism. <laughs> and as we demonstrated, there's no way to explain it. So it's a conversation starter that leads nowhere, which is yeah something I like. <laughs> After this, after the credits, we get a scene at Luke's. Luke um, is asking Rory if she's nervous. And this is when she says that she's a little bit nervous, which is such a lie. There's no Mm -hmm. such thing as just a little bit nervous (laughs) as you're moving into college. (laughs) But then we also get the beginning of this whole truck bit that's going to keep coming up throughout the episode. Lorelai, as we saw last episode, has borrowed Luke's truck to pack everything, which I thought... I guess for the mattress makes sense, but she has a big Jeep. She could fit a lot of other stuff in there. But anyways, she borrowed this truck and it's a stick shift. And Lorelai maintains that she knows how to drive a stick shift, uh, but evidence shows that she does not know how to drive a stick shift, which I can relate to. No, you see, it's because Luke's truck is misogynistic. It's not that she can't use stick. Exactly. It just is stuck in reverse for some reason. It's just anti-Lorelei and all Mm -hmm. the sorts of little problems where she clearly just can't figure out what's going on. She blames on the misogyny of the truck. I thought it was slightly ironic that right before she said that the truck was misogynistic, uh, the credits popped up written by Daniel Palantino. (laughs) (laughs) That is interesting. I wouldn't have thought this episode was written by him, actually. I know. It seems more sentimental, but maybe I'm wrong about him. I need to base my statements, in fact, (laughs) evidence from the text. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, this bit with the the truck and the mattress, I don't know why, but it's so memorable to me. Like, I really associate her going to college with the truck and the mattress. And maybe it's just because of, like, how many times they bring it up in the episode that it's just seared in my memory through repetition. But I think they really just, I think clearly they wanted like a humorous comedic bit mm-hmm. as the balance of the like serious, this is happening kind of sadness and excitement of the whole college part. Yeah, and it's so Lorelai also because it's like something for other people, it would be like a lack of forethought <laughs> to have this mattress and not have anything to do with it but you get the feeling throughout the episode that Lorelai knew exactly what she was doing uh, Mm. by having it in Luke's truck and it wasn't necessarily a lack of forethought it was kind of more of a purposeful joke and like prank almost I don't know it just feel it doesn't feel unplanned like a if you know a ploy yeah (laughs) maybe just (laughs) something that she planted to help lighten the mood yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading. Maybe I'm just reading the writer's motivations into her action. It could be both, <laughs> you know. I will say about the truck, I do relate to the way that they seem to be packing a lot of Rory's belongings in garbage bags. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> I have been there 
so many times like moving clothes especially or I there's just like I don't have the time to find boxes mm-hmm. and stuff or pay for fancy moving boxes so I it's garbage bags half the time yeah. and I swear they're like convenient yeah in a way and you can reuse them yeah for your garbage yeah so I, agree. I related to that detail <laughs> I used a few garbage bags to carry things as I moved across the country this summer so there you go a professional mover yeah shares their <laughs> thoughts <laughs> okay we also get a little bit in this episode or this scene where uh luke is still dealing with his divorce from nicole so a lawyer shows up luke is very unenthused about this he doesn't seem to see the reason that there should be lawyers because he thinks mm-hmm. it should be an easy divorce which i agree with i don't really understand the reason for the lawyers but they're there luke pretends that his lawyers are uh dewey cheatham and how <laughs> and yeah yeah dewey cheatham and how <laughs> which was funny yeah this like was curious to me in terms of how this storyline fits within the rest of the episode mm-hmm. i think they needed like a, a b plot line mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think they just turned to like the trope of like guy who hates lawyers yeah <laughs> and it's kind of consistent with Luke's viewpoints like because at first I was thinking why does he hate lawyers so much and I did remember when he was leasing to Taylor that's when we meet Nicole in the first place and Luke's whole thing is about like he wasn't even going to consult a lawyer signing all this legal paperwork and stuff and how that made no sense so I guess it rings true here mm-hmm. that it's both like emotional for him, but then also like the principle of the matter that he doesn't like them. But it was also like, um, I don't know if it's that serious, but like the way that all of the lawyers were coded as Jewish, like from yeah. New York, like, and they make a joke about how so many of them are last name Stein and all of this stuff. And I was kind of like, what's going on there? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It felt like just a plotline of a lot of tropes, essentially, yeah. like Jewish lawyers from New York, Luke hating lawyers, and it's it's fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I agree. As I as much as I don't want this to like come off as like not as if I don't like this episode because I definitely do and I really enjoy it, but it is kind of simplistic in the plot mm-hmm. lines, and yeah, I think which what you're saying about the tropes is like an example of that they needed to fill time have something about luke and lorelei to keep keep that in our thoughts and so they add this weird plot line there's almost a way like where they could have pasted this episode with last week's episode Mm -hmm. like they come back and then they remember and then they have to like move in quickly and you'd probably also have time for the friday night dinner so maybe that could have been a potential fix. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because we, I think we said something similar last week. Like, there's not much that happens. <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of, like, nice to be like, mm-hmm. we're back. We're settling in town. All of that stuff. But then when it happens again in a row, then yeah. you wonder. Yeah. But I um, I still, I do really like the episode. Yeah, so. me too. Yeah. I st- With all that said. <laughs> maybe that's a testament to, like, sometimes simplicity is what's needed. True. I think it does allow the rest to like really flourish, Mm -hmm. I would say. So moving on to our next scene, we arrive at Yale and 
we meet Rory's freshman guide, kind of like an RA of sorts, mm-hmm. and her name is Chess. And I'm giving her my Rory's bookshelf for a kind of confusing reason, but it <laughs> makes sense. Um, so I saw her, and she just seemed so familiar to me. Like, I really thought I'd seen her in something before. So I go to the good old IMDb, but I have never seen her before. The actor is named Joy Darish? Darash? I'm not sure. Um, but then I realized who she resembles, which is another Paladinoverse person. Um, Julia Goldani Tellis, Tellis, who plays Sasha in Bunheads. Ah. And then Sandy from Sandy Says in the Revival. Mm-hmm. They just like, I don't know, visually look similar, but I think also maybe yeah. a bit of the personality. Um, so that was just my my roundabout like connection to <laughs> pop culture of ASP. Like I felt like... I almost thought Tess was like, I almost thought she was played by the Sasha person who then got the Bunheads role and then the cameo and the revival, but it actually wasn't her at all. Huh. So, a doppelganger. <laughs> a doppelganger of sorts. But all of that said, I like, I don't know why, but I was really like um, drawn toward Tess. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just like, I liked her character. I found her appealing of like, she's kind of like harsh and stern and gruff, but then also very like, understanding and helpful in a way I I don't know I thought she was like a perfect kind of like kind of disgruntled or jaded sort of RA Mm -hmm. type um yeah I don't know I liked her yeah (laughs) the sophomore mentor who thinks that they're they so they went through (laughs) freshman year last year they know yeah you know they have the ropes down now Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) totally been in that position before (laughs) yeah I liked Tess as well I was like, we'll never see her again, which is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I wonder what else she could have added. We'll never see a lot of the extras, a lot of the girls yeah. that supposedly become Rory's friend in this episode. We'll never <laughs> see them again. Maybe just in the background, but they'll never speak again. It's kind of weird. Like, it almost feels like a pilot where, you know, mm-hmm. they're figuring stuff out and it's actually yeah. kind of separate from the rest of the show. But it's like, this is not a pilot. So you could have just cast people who would actually recur. It's a bit weird, yeah. And, like, when you think about it, it is pretty weird that Rory never makes any more friends. Like, I mean, I guess in season seven she makes friends with... um, Those two girls. Yeah, but they're, they're like, almost like Madeline and Louise stand-in type of characters. And, like... And one is dating Marty, so it's really just about a previous character in the end. Yeah, it's I thought that was strange. strange, too. I took some notes about that around the Paris arrival. But, I mean, while we're on the topic, I was thinking, like, it's both, like, a delight that Paris is there. But mm-hmm. it's also, like, that was kind of a way for, I feel like, them to keep us, like, loyal to the show by prioritizing characters we already knew. Mm-hmm. Rather than trying to gamble and introduce new characters and, like, not know if the audience would respond to them well or something. yeah. And at that point, I was like, why don't you just have Madeline and Louise in the room, too? (laughs) Like, if you're going to bring Paris in, might as well just have something to be like, oh, and these two are here as well. Like, yeah, I mean, that's not quite that's taking it a bit too far, probably. But I did. I did think the one downside, because I'm so glad Paris is there. But the one downside is like, we don't really get to see Roy make any other connections besides like potential boyfriends Mm -hmm. and then Doyle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We also haven't even seen Lane yet this season, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't see her last episode. No, she was mentioned, but we didn't see her. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, I guess 
it's not really a criticism necessarily of the show because we still love the fundamental relationships that come up Mm -hmm. and everything but it's just so unrealistic (laughs) yeah and I like when I was writing my like Friday night dinner critique notes too I was actually like reflecting on the idea of critique briefly which sounds so deep and all but like I really just googled the definition (laughs) to remember what it is and it's like like part of critique is the assessment and the valuation you know which is like a lot of what we do when we kind of call the show out or we judge it you know but the other half is like essentially just detailed analysis Mm -hmm. which is what we're doing as well so I think we're in that vein of like just very detailed analysis of all of these like they had to make so many choices so quickly about what college would look like in Mm -hmm. the show and I think some of them are hit or miss and some of them I don't even I'm not even really ready to like assess yet yeah more so just observing yeah yeah. there's so much yet to come Mm -hmm. (laughs) on that note yeah we are now at Yale and the next little scene is walking into the dorm room for the first time which Rory quickly like kind of bypasses through her own nerves and panicking about all the different things she needs to do all the different like orientation things that are coming up and Lorelai which we've seen her do before especially in the graduation episode pulls Mm -hmm. Rory back and is like you need to be present in this moment and makes her redo the whole moment of walking into your dorm room for the first time which is momentous she's been Rory's been living in her bedroom at home since they moved into that house like this is a huge moment a huge like symbolic moment of spreading your wings and moving out of the nest or whatever stuff you want to say so I (laughs) really appreciated Lorelai for doing that making her pay attention to what's going on even if as Lorelai supposes Rory wasn't actually living in the moment (laughs) I know but she tried to keep her grounded which I really appreciated I thought was super sweet like yeah, Lorelai really knows what to do mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Um, on the topic of dorm room, I can't let this go by yeah. without asking <laughs> you, Suzanne. Uh, how does this dorm room compare to some of the dorms you've lived in? <laughs> so <clears throat> I have an interesting college experience. I went to one semester, my first semester at a college in New York, uh, like a state school. And I was in a dorm there and it was... A small room with two beds, two desks, and then we shared a bathroom with the whole hallway, so it was not a suite. And my Mm -hmm. roommate was terrible. She had phone sex almost every night with her boyfriend while I was trying to sleep. (laughs) Uh, She was absolutely terrible. (laughs) She would uh, speak uh, to her sister on the phone about me in Spanish, and I can understand some Spanish, so I could hear how she was complaining about me, and I was just like, all I'm trying to do is my schoolwork and go to my job at the cafeteria and ask you not to be having slurpy sex on your phone at (laughs) night when I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) Uh, Don't ask for much. (laughs) But then I moved back to New Mexico for the rest of college, and I lived in a dorm for the second semester of my freshman year, the rest of my college experience, I lived in an apartment, but mm-hmm. had a better roommate, but it was the same kind of situation, a single room with two beds and two desks, and then a shared bathroom for the hallway. So not yeah. not cushy like this. Uh, what were your dorms like? <laughs> uh, I lived in a very, like, I think traditional dorm mm-hmm. where same with like the two bed, two desks, two closets, mm-hmm. very, you know, high end. Um, the cinder block walls, yeah. <laughs> like, 
I feel like TV never gets the cinder block walls yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, painted white and, cinder block walls. <laughs> yeah, and my dorm also notably had no air conditioning, uh, and it was in Indiana. So, like, the uh, first month or so, we really learned how to use fans properly. Like, it wasn't really a big deal for most of the year, but I have a feeling Rory had AC. Mm-hmm. She had two fireplaces, yeah. by the way. Like, I thought her bedroom looked pretty, like, the the furniture they have looks pretty like dorm classic yeah. you know but it's really more so the space that is the big mm-hmm. thing that I think is very there's not as much tv of college as there is of high school but when there is college I feel like it's always bigger than yeah. what you get I think that makes sense because they probably need room to like film and have actors stand and whatnot yeah but <laughs> um still I did really luck out with my roommate though um it was totally random but we got along well and I feel like I did a lot of what Rory did so far in the episode of the first semester where you kind of like latch on to the people like in your unit Mm -hmm. or in your hall because it's just really like convenience of people near you and it feels safe and secure and luckily like I actually did get along with my roommate and she was really nice and I was just looking at her wedding photos the other day like we're out of touch now but I it was good yeah I'm mm-hmm. I'm always very surprised I was thinking of the vampire diaries attempt at college dorm rooms <laughs> and it's just like uh a, like an attic room type yeah. thing so, uh yeah most of the time they're not realistic at all poor kids heading off to college with unrealistic expectations of dorms Yeah, I do want to, like, research Yale dorms Mm -hmm. because I wonder if they are a bit more high-end. I still really find it hard to believe that they would be this big, though. Like, there's just not enough square footage on a campus for all freshmen to have such a big room. Yeah, I wonder how many students... Oh, uh, they only have 6,590 undergraduate students... 5,344 graduate professionals. So in comparison with our uh, (laughs) university, which is about 21,000 undergraduate students, I think that that we can, that it might be slightly different from our... Maybe they do have the space. (laughs) (laughs) I rescind. (laughs) You went to a smaller college though, right? But yeah probably the campus was also smaller than a Yale campus yeah like we didn't have old campus Mm -hmm. like Rory says which is where she wants to get her new map (laughs) but um yeah so returning to the episode as we continue through her first sort of arrival we her next scene she's in a sort of like courtyard where it seems like a lot of the guides are giving tours for the freshmen and they're getting their IDs And there's this really like weird moment where Rory's taking down all of these notes and the girl behind her makes fun of her. Yeah, what the hell? My God. Like she um, says like, oh, is there going to be a quiz? Did you get that down? Stuff like that. And I was just feeling like this is so high school. Mm -hmm. Like nobody would have said this to me in college. Like even if they thought I was being weird, they wouldn't like say it or make fun of me in this way. Like so strange yeah plus it's like the first day everybody's nervous I'm sure the people who weren't taking notes were wishing that they were taking notes or like would need them later like yeah it was just rude completely unnecessary and I think one of them was also 
uh, one of the girls that like came to the dorm room later and is now supposedly yeah. Rory's friend. So it's just like, yeah, weird. It was weird. I guess it's almost like the maybe a recurrence of the simple trope like storylines mm-hmm. approach to the episode of like, <clears throat> here's a girl who doesn't like Rory. And by the end of her getting acclimated, she likes her now. Yeah. Like, she, yay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, to make Rory like the odd one out, the not like other girls girl, you know, yeah. she is the one, the nerdy one, the one taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> the nerd at Yale. Yeah. Wow. Like, th- that's uh, the bar is low. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I found it interesting that Rory, at least as far as like the show shows us, did not seem that bothered by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind like, of it oblivious. It didn't seem to really take her. Yeah, she seemed a little oblivious to it. And then later on when they show up, Rory isn't kind of, she doesn't say like, oh, they were mean to me. I need to impress them mm-hmm. or anything like that. So I found that part of it comforting, but also interesting too of like, Oh, it didn't seem... She has tougher skin, maybe? Yeah. I don't really know. All like, because of Paris's <laughs> abuse. All <because> of Paris. <laughs> uh. There was an interesting line about their IDs where the guy, Tess says, this is a post-9-11 world. You'll be asked for your ID a lot. Oh, I and I thought, that. like, what a weird line yeah. like to reference 9-11 in relation to a school ID. And I did look it up just to be sure. And, like... This is about three-ish years after 9-11, which is kind of like... Soon. Is it a bit too soon? Yeah, I would think so. It'd be like right now making a crack about wearing a mask or... Well, I guess people... Or the insurrection, yeah, maybe? Yeah, that's, that's more like it. Yeah. Which I guess people mm-hmm. are doing, but like... People in do. Such a, yeah. In such a like wide, broad <laughs> audience, uh-huh. it, it does seem a strange thing to say yeah I didn't catch that at all <laughs> yeah it was kind of like I just I did manage to catch it and I was like that it kind of took me out of the scene for a second mm-hmm. I was like that is so strange but also I don't think I've ever been asked for my college ID on camp I would obviously show it to get student discounts or to like use the printer or whatever but nobody just on mm-hmm. campus was like show me your ID that never <laughs> happened to me <laughs> I did think I did use my ID quite a lot at college. That felt pretty accurate to me. I had it for like building access and for my meal points, for getting meals, stuff like that. So it was magic for me, as Tess says, but still. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I just, I mean, I only lived on campus at either of my universities for one year. So I didn't have the same like dining hall experience Mm -hmm. and stuff for Mm -hmm. most of the time. So I've probably forgotten. Welcome to the 2003 Yale Orientation. Today is the day that we welcome all of you improperly socialized note takers to the hallowed halls of an Ivy League university. There are a few things to take care of before you can really enjoy orientation. And listeners of Talking Fast will be the only ones to receive these priceless tips. So listen well. First, you were set an orientation schedule weeks ago. We expect you to memorize every last event regardless of whether you had weeks to prepare or you spent the summer gallivanting across Europe and packed everything you owned last night. Once you have that schedule memorized, make it known. All of your new classmates will appreciate your superior skills and won't ever tease you. Next, your parents may be attempting to document every step of your arrival to Yale, but there's really only one picture that matters. That's your student ID. 
In an effort to show that nobody will hold your hand at Yale, you won't get proper warning before this momentous picture is snapped. You get what you get. Welcome to college. And last, parents who save parking spots right outside of the dorm buildings will earn you a stern frown from your freshman counselor. Make sure your parents don't make things worse for you by trying to come up with ridiculous excuses for your exceptionalism. This includes our important mattress rule. You can bring your own mattress to replace our germ-ridden one, but please do not try and convince us you have organized removal for your mattress if you have not. Remember, we are Ivy Leaguers too. We've got huge brains. Welcome to Yale. I did want to ask at some point, since we are, I guess now around tours and like the orientation, did your, like, either of your schools make a big deal about, like, freshman orientation? Yeah, I so I didn't go to an orientation at my second school because I transferred mid-year. Mm-hmm. But my first university, there was, like, my mom and I went for, like, a weekend or something, a couple, like, mm-hmm. a month before school started. And I lived in the dorms and had, like, parent and student orientation stuff with all the, like... FAFSA information, registering for classes, all that stuff. So it was definitely a big deal, which Mm -hmm. makes me wonder, like, how did Rory and Lorelai just show up there without having done any preparation? (laughs) I know. Like, I thought theirs seemed really Mm low-key to me, and this might be getting a little ahead, but I didn't find it that weird when... Lorelai stayed the night yeah because like my family did stay like that whole weekend and we had like a very organized orientation and it was like four days long Mm -hmm. or something and they had it planned for like parent events and then I actually looked it up for this current year because I wanted to see if it was as involved as I remember and they do have like it scheduled for half an hour where it's like this is a good time for parents to say goodbye. And like, it's so It was so organized and there are all these different events and things like that. Um, but yeah, like my parents didn't immediately leave yeah. after like moving me in like Lorelai was going to. So I was like, that felt true to my experience mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> Such interesting research that they did. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Back to another quintessential moving to college experience, meeting your new roommate. Mm -hmm. What did you think of Tana? I like Tana. I wish that we got more of her. Like, we see her in later episodes, but she's just kind of a wallflower most of the time. Mm -hmm. They did, they were clearly trying to make her into a whole joke, you know, Uh, like Mm. 16 year old who obviously is super, super smart, but has no social skills or whatever but I I -hmm. like her I think that the dynamic between her and Paris and then the fourth roommate who we'll we'll meet later is really interesting (laughs) they're all such characters and I yeah I wish we got more of her what did you think I had my my Friday night dinner within this like scene and the character in in kind of a way where it's like it's not a full-on like judgment but more so just like I'm curious about their use of like kind of neurotypical characters like we've talked about. And so I was kind of like trying to brainstorm like how I I felt about this. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself thinking kind of like partially based on what we've talked about before. Like it seems like, you know, IRL, you know, there's the idea of like the average or the norm. 
and you judge people or not you but you know people are judged by if they are average or not Mm -hmm. and that's what you're supposed to be to strive for right to be the norm but then in terms of tv it's like that's kind of boring to just watch a bunch of average people yeah (laughs) even though that's what like judgment and discipline is built on in the real world um so then i was like thinking about how and TV then, we have, like, quirky characters and whatnot because they're fun. And then there's, like, this internal logic within each show that maybe changes and shifts throughout the show about, like, what is too quirky, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. what is beyond the quirks into the weird range. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, uh, where does Tana fall into that yeah. within Gilmore Girls? And, like, because they... They say once they've met her, like, oh, she's um, odd but nice, Mm -hmm. which is, like, true. She is odd and sweet. And I don't know. It's just, like, what role does she play? And then I was thinking about that with Paris as well. Mm -hmm. When she comes in and she's got a life coach and she's working on herself. And it's, like, is she supposed to be the butt of a joke with that? Yeah. Or are they, like, positively portraying working on your mental health? Because they make fun of her craft corner. But it's also like she says, working with my hands is good for my nerves, mm-hmm. which is like true. So I I feel like maybe it's confusing because I don't know if they have a set. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think their internal logic is all over the place a little bit. But that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, <laughs> no, I fully agree. I'd also been thinking I forgot to designate a Friday night dinner. But I, I think that if I did, mine would be that making fun of Paris's craft corner for that same reason, because mm. it is like her learning how to self-regulate and they're making fun of that whereas like we see them so often struggle to Mm (laughs) self-regulate and they could benefit from a life coach or therapy as well but I also yeah I really like your point about like we've talked before about how Lorelai and like Sookie and Kirk we all we kind of see as different uh, variations of neurodivergent and, like, the show idolizes that in some ways. Kirk, obviously, is always seen as, like, the butt of a joke, kind of. And he, I feel like, is that line of too much mm-hmm. in the show's logic. And I think Tana is about in the same space. Like, she is harmless, just like Kirk. But they clearly want us to know that she's not, you know, on the same level of, like, desirability and social ability as Rory and mm-hmm. Lorelai are. And even Paris in some ways, even though Tana and Paris, like they present in very different ways, but they have a lot of very similar traits. They're like two sides of the, two different sides of the same coin in a way. Or I also maybe think of her as like Rory if she went to college at 16, Mm -hmm. because they're also kind of playing with the like smart kid who is years behind everyone else. Yeah, true. Gosh. Yeah. Very interesting, but yeah. I did think it was a sweet moment when Rory and her bonded when Tana asked, like, are you nervous? And Rory said, like, of course, or yeah. something like that. And that they could kind of see, like, like Rory didn't have to, like, lie to Tana or to herself mm-hmm. in that moment. She could be like, yeah, I'm really nervous. <laughs> I can't imagine how nervous Tana would be, like, at 16 having to do all that. Mm-hmm. That'd be so much worse. <sighs> but yeah. Yeah, I wish we got more of her and the other roommate once she shows up. <laughs> yeah, the athlete. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll remember her name when she arrives. <laughs> There's a fun uh, 
Greek crossover. She dates the guy who plays Beaver on Greek, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we'll see him later hmm. when, when that comes mm-hmm. up. Anyways. Um, so after we've met Tana, we get our first of three goodbyes between Lorelai and Rory. And this one, like, they start off trying to make light of it and everything. You can tell that they're having trouble saying the actual goodbye. And then Lorelai sees people start to bring in other dorm room accoutrement, which I thought was, how could she not have thought of this before? <laughs> Obviously, none of the mm-hmm. other stuff is absolutely necessary, but Lorelai's the kind of parent who you'd expect to have bought some of this like a fridge, a rug, just kind of like homey things yeah. to add to the dorm room. So they put off saying goodbye and Lorelai is going to go and pick up a whole bunch of stuff to bring back mm-hmm. um, so that they can <laughs> not say goodbye for a little bit longer. Very cute. Rampant consumerism. Yeah. And copper yeah, boom copper all boom. come up in the scene again. <laughs> yeah. That's where I highlighted it. Yeah. This was something my family and I did as well in a way like we ran to target for like Mm -hmm. all the things we forgot yeah if you live in a college town avoid target at all costs on move-in week it's always a nightmare (laughs) i learned a new one avoid costco as well i went to go pick up um honey honey and bread and then like a meatloaf dinner and (laughs) three items and it was move-in weekend and i hadn't thought of it And it was like the most packed I've ever seen Costco. And it was within an hour of closing. So I felt so bad for those employees. Mm -hmm, I like, I made it like a mission. I was in and out of there. I was like darting between people. I didn't have a cart. Like I was like, I got to get out of here. (laughs) Poor, poor workers, service workers in a college town these last couple weekends. Okay. Speaking of poor workers, um, (laughs) there are some lawyers at Luke's Mm -hmm. back in Stars Hollow and they're really struggling to do their jobs because they just can't understand the logic of a guy like Luke who really does want nothing and I do have a just sass attack in this scene Mm -hmm. I actually found it kind of sad I didn't have one last episode I kind of forgot it but then I also thought like oh Jess is not here anymore but he lives on through his uncle Mm -hmm. And I thought, I love this, like, whole sassy story about the glass plane guy. (laughs) And he's like, you know, I actually do want something. And he goes on this long, it's a really good story where he builds the suspense of, like, and it was the glass plane guy again. (laughs) And then we met a couple, and they wanted to go to this place after dinner. And guess who it was? It was really good. And he's like, I want those three hours of my life back. (laughs) And they're like, We'll see what we can do. We might have to do like a test or something like that. It's definitely some good satire of lawyers Mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, I also had a couple nominations in this scene. The first one was when Lorelai comes in and sees all the uh, lawyers. Luke says something about how they're going to multiply like the Matrix. So this is my Rory's bookshelf. (laughs) I've been recently rewatching all the Matrix movies with a friend and they are a treat I would say the first one is amazing. The second and third are an experience. <laughs> the fourth one mm-hmm. is the one that recently came out is pretty good. But the connection mm-hmm. is that there are the agents who kind of are like the surveillors of the Matrix world, keeping people, uh, keeping an eye on people who have woke- awoken to the fact of the Matrix and stuff. And they can, uh, their like consciousness or whatever. I don't remember exactly how it's explained. It can just kind of 
take over any any person that you see because everybody's a you know computer construct in the matrix (laughs) so they can just like morph Mm -hmm. into that person and then you'll see like hundreds of doctor or mr anderson's uh or uh the agents uh like surrounding neo and stuff so that's what he's talking there that was probably the worst explanation of the matrix (laughs) ever uh just go watch it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a great movie the first one especially um i also had to just sass attack in this scene because at one point lorelei feels the need to give luke a character reference uh to kind of (laughs) prove that he wants nothing from this divorce Mm -hmm. and she ends her reference she goes on and on about how uh luke you know is uh has all these uh he wants nothing and blah 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 and then she ends off her speech by saying when i think of luke danes i think of nothing (laughs) it was just like (laughs) it's it's funny because later on she will give him an actual character reference for something yeah and this one is obviously not a usable good one it's just for laughs (laughs) but i found it indeed indeed um before they return to Yale, they Luke and Lorelai spar over this whole mattress <laughs> issue. Um, they call it the microbe mattress, which is a fun nickname. Um, I just found it a little silly because, I don't know, I guess I just used the mattress they provided. Yeah, me too. <laughs> is that gross? <laughs> uh, I guess, maybe. I mean, I put a mattress topper mm-hmm. on it, so I kind of felt like that was some protection. But either way, at this point, the bit gets a little tired yeah. because i'm just like why are we pretending that she can't store it at her house yeah she has like, that whole shed in her shed yeah. or anywhere <laughs> i also in this scene especially saw just how little the formula for writing like sparring dialogue like this has changed for the paladinos from mrs <laughs> mazel this scene could literally have just been transplanted into the Maisel show and it would have fit perfectly with how they were talking to each other and the kind of jokes they were making about the mattress and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I feel like they have done that in Maisel. Yeah. I swear some yeah. of the scenes were transplanted. <laughs> they're like, we need some material or maybe they forgot. They and they're like, they thought it was mm-hmm. new, <laughs> but it was this is the blueprint. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, it's not that's a good it's point. not that it's bad. You know, it's obviously still funny to an extent but i agree with you i was also just kind of like okay we get we get the point with the mattress at this point (laughs) and it still isn't over it's not over um but before we get you know luke and lorelei and the mattress back at yale we do get a scene with rory back at her room and this is my gazebo moment I, you know, Tana comes in and says, like, we have a weird new roommate. Her name is, like, a city, maybe Athens or Rome. And I like the little foreshadowing. And earlier I noticed there were, like, sticky notes Mm -hmm. on the door to sign roommates. And you have RG and PG. And so, like, this was the second clue. And Rory walks out, and lo and behold, it is Paris. And I have to think, like, I mean, you see... um, Paris in the opening credits still so that could be a clue that she's still in the show but you have to imagine like the first time I watched this I might have actually been surprised that Paris was still there and that she was going to Yale so like I have to imagine I was excited at that time and I was excited now and like you mentioned she's looking fresh like with a haircut she's looking tan 
I like her purple tank top mm-hmm. and she says I'm going to Yale <laughs> and Rory says something like of all the gin joints which I thought was funny and also that she can't feel her face um <laughs> uh, yeah, what did you make of Paris's return? I loved it. I also, I yeah, I don't remember at all how I reacted the first time I saw this. I feel like I must have known it was coming or something because mm. I I don't remember being super surprised. But yeah, I'm I'm glad Paris is back, and I loved that she brought Terrence, her life coach, with her. Has her whole uh, craft table set up to help her deal with her anxiety. She also mentioned that the reason she has Terrence is like this long kind of loop of happenstance, like her nanny left um, mm-hmm. to just start a, a, I don't remember exactly what kind of store, but a, a, sh- a business, yeah, a yeah. shop somewhere. And then she was suggested by like her therapist to <laughs> get a life coach and then she found Terrence and we find out later she's mm-hmm. also still dating Jamie and there seems to be some kind of... <laughs> beef between him and Terrence yeah Yeah. I think Terrence we can assume from TV tropes is gay from how he's presented but of course they're not gonna say that right right um as far as the recommendation for Terrence I wrote that down because I thought it was humorous and it was that her rabbi conferred with her therapist who knew a hypnotist who recommended life coach and he also got her a kick-ass gynecologist, which I love that they yeah. referenced that. You know, there. that would be so like, helpful. As somebody who just moved to a new mm-hmm. city and I'm trying to, like, get my doctors all set up and everything, I would love to have a life coach to make those initial appointments for me. It's a huge I hassle. I also feel like that's, like, having – part of that's having, like, a personal assistant, mm-hmm. which I would never be able to afford yeah, as well. Seriously. <laughs> uh, oh. Paris and her rich family. I mean, speaking of Paris's rich family, Rory's like, what a weird coincidence that we're roommates. And Paris says, Terrence said our life journey together wasn't complete. And she says that again to Lorelai later on. And it felt very meta Mm -hmm. to me of like the writers saying like, oh, your stories together aren't like they're incomplete. So we have to continue them. But then Paris also mentions like her dad put in a call or whatever Mm -hmm. to get her her room. So she is here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. After this revelation, Luke and Lorelai show up. Um, I guess Luke is helping Lorelai move everything in now. And so then we get a whole Lorelai realizing that Paris is there uh, moment. And they attempt to have their second goodbye um, after moving everything mm-hmm. in. Luke, meanwhile, has been like harangued into helping some random guy named Ch- Chip <laughs> move things. That was when... <laughs> The bit was refreshed yeah, for me. Yeah, the mattress. The Chip part was very funny. He's like, now I have to go help someone named Chip because that was the deal. <laughs> Which is so true. Like moving into a dorm and stuff, you do kind of do that help out. reciprocated help. <laughs> yeah, my my college had this whole infrastructure where you would like pull up and they had all of these like volunteers who oh, like wow. just emptied your car for you and carried it all up to the room. And I've noticed around our campus it seems like a lot of the dorms have that system because parking is so Mm -hmm. limited you know um so yeah theirs was kind of lackadaisical yeah compared to what I had it was like a machine yeah (laughs) yeah I don't remember I don't mine wasn't like that but mine also had Mm -hmm. a bit more was a bit smaller Mm -hmm. so after all the chip stuff uh Lorelai and Rory 
say another goodbye and this time Lorelai actually leaves and I gave my gazebo moment to Rory entering her dorm room not because it's like a great happy moment or anything but because like the her the experience of this is like so fresh in my mind like walking into even not just a dorm room but like a new place that you're living in you've moved all of your stuff in but it still feels Mm. so weirdly empty even if all Mm -hmm. your familiar stuff is there it's just like this feels so alien and it's also like full of possibility but it's also it's like a super lonely kind of feeling um yeah especially moving in scary as well yeah yeah and at this moment so I just was like the way that they were able to portray that feeling in this moment was really great it was just just the you know kind of normal Gilmore Girls music um but the way that Rory was looking around at the empty room it it was great I thought yeah very well directed I felt that same way about the kind of parallel scene at the end of the episode mm-hmm. when yeah. Lorelai returns home and it's empty as well. And oh my God, that <laughs> one almost like I was I like know. fighting back tears. Yeah. That was also really well directed. Like that. so, um, but so I guess like when Rory is in that mind, when she's in that headspace, she pages Lorelai, mm-hmm. come back. <laughs> and I like, I, at first I thought, when I was like gonna watch this episode like I thought since we talked so much about like how codependent they are and how involved and sometimes that's a red flag like and they need boundaries and all that I thought when I watched this for the podcast I might like judge Mm -hmm. this decision and be like come on Rory like grow up but I didn't feel that way at all I just thought it was really relatable and like she's been so close to her for so long like I yeah. totally understand. And then with her wanting her to say the night, like, I get that. It was hard to say goodbye to a parent. Even, like, like I'm close with my parents, but even if I wasn't, that parent still represents, like, home mm-hmm. and the thing you know versus the unknown and being on your own. So, like, I really felt that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. I was also expecting to have, like, something to say about this, but I just don't. I loved it. And I love that Lorelai, like, she came back and – she like knew what Rory needed it wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. Lorelai to be there but it was something to make her feel more welcome and like like she belonged and Lorelai just like magically knows how to do that kind of stuff because that's who Lorelai is Mm -hmm. so her tactic once she gets back is to like order a whole bunch of takeout from all of the takeout places in the area and they end up with a huge amount of food of course and Lorelai just invites Mm -hmm the other people in the dorm unit to come in so then it's like the like emptiness that we saw in the scene just previous is completely gone with you know chatter and food and people making friends and stuff so Lorelai is there but she's also helping Rory take the first step into I don't know Mm -hmm. uh, moving on making friends and becoming comfortable in a way so that when she does leave eventually it's slightly easier so I I liked it I Mm -hmm. appreciated it and I couldn't imagine anything different for the two of them. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong for asking for help in taking that step forward, you know. And when this episode had me thinking about like orientation and the first weeks of college so much and like how they had all of these events like where you would meet people mm-hmm. and all of these required meetings and we had orientation groups and all of this stuff. And I like looking back, like it's clearly so like 
orchestrated and artificial in a way but it's like that is what yeah you need like even if I don't enjoy icebreakers as they're actively happening and stuff like that it's like without that how would I have made you know friends at the time and so I felt like Lorelai doing the whole like inviting everyone in like I'm not sure if Rory like would have actively been like that's what we should Mm -hmm. do you know but I think it was for the best because like she did still get to meet people and didn't have to like go out of her way to do it it just kind of the possibility was there for Mm -hmm. her someone else planned it I think my only thing would be like I don't know if I'd want it like in my room yeah (laughs) like more so in like a shared room but um since they have a suite like it's different like I never had like a suite style Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah I agree we've also since both of us have taught freshman classes we've kind of been on the other Mm -hmm. side of also trying to provide students in that first like week of college with a way to make friends I remember yeah community yeah yeah. I remember focusing like on the first for the first couple weeks in my classes on trying to get I would always have my students in groups and trying to get them to just like talk to each other even if what we were doing wasn't super productive or whatever because they needed to make friends and also because I was terrified of teaching at the very beginning so I (laughs) let them do (laughs) that kind of stuff to ease myself into it but Yeah. yeah I'm going to be really curious to watch when, like, Roy starts going to classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've never watched, like, <laughs> it'll be fun, like, from the other side. <laughs> but also as an English major as well. Like, that's the kind of classes I was yeah. taking. That's also what we teach. So, like, I think it'll be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of comments on the Chilton curriculum. I wonder what we'll have to say about Roy's college classes. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm really excited. I wonder if it's going to be the same kind of Chilton problem or if it will be like, oh, yeah, that's, I don't know, we'll mm-hmm. see. But one last note, because I'm not I'm not quite sure if it's important, but I did take notes on it, so I'm going to honor that. <laughs> um, when Rory is first talking to Lorelai when she gets back, and she's kind of having, like, a panic session where she's like, how am I, like, why do I want my mom right now? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm supposed to be grown up. How will I be able to do anything if I can't, like, be on my own and she makes the classic Christiane Omnipore Omnipore <laughs> Christiane Omnipore Christ you know yeah. who I'm talking yeah. about <laughs> and she's like how can I be like her you're gonna have to learn how to like record on a camera and come with me like because I need my mom everywhere I go and this was yet again another question for me of like why is this her goal mm-hmm. again and I did like um look it up to like see the other times it's come up and it reminded me like I think it's in their first meeting when Rory's talking to um headmaster Charleston Mm -hmm. I think she tells him about her dream and he's like why do you want that and um she says like I want to travel and see the world up close and be part of something big and then later she says like I want to see something and so I feel like she's equating that goal with being like worldly Mm -hmm. or like having experiences rather than like from a genuine interest in like yeah international (laughs) politics and economics and stuff and I just wish like I think it makes so much sense for a high schooler and younger to have like a dream that you don't actually have like a clue of what it's like you know like all kids seem to want to be marine biologists Mm -hmm. and then they never become marine biologists. But I just think it's a missed opportunity for her goal to not like evolve in her time at Yale. Yeah. And that comes up as like a huge pitfall. We've talked about with 
um, the women of the, yeah, the women of questionable morals pod, which I've, if you haven't listened, we were guests on there. Uh, was it yeah, in our spring break. or fa- winter and summer episodes? So you can hear some of our thoughts on the revival there. But we were talking about something similar where like you can cl- clearly see that she hasn't ever pivoted really. <laughs> like she hasn't yeah. had to. She hasn't forced herself to come up with a new dream. She's just been hanging on to the same old one that's not working for her. And then blaming other she needs people. She a career advisor. Yeah. <laughs> or to take like a career workshop where you like free write on what your interests mm-hmm. are. And I feel like she would clearly see like, oh, maybe you should be like a columnist yeah. about food or books or, or something like that. Or even just a travel journalist. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyways. Anywho. Um, so we've kind of covered a lot of what else happens that night. They're rating the takeout and the guys based on a chart system, which I thought was really clever. <laughs> yeah, poor poor guys. Um, but I did like that at some point they also Lorelai's like there's one place where the food is really good, but the guys are not hot. But that's still the preference. I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, rating people, not necessarily the best thing, but it's also fun no. in this instance and at least you're focusing Where's on the food. Scott Patterson <laughs> yeah Scott Patterson uh, probably did not like this objectification of men in this episode yeah I bet so that's why he was so grumpy a truck <laughs> and <laughs> after all of this the next morning we get our real final goodbye with Rory mm-hmm. and Lorelai and Rory promises to not be a stranger, which, like, we always knew was never going to be the case. <laughs> She's going to be the back yeah. there every single week. And they say goodbye, and that's that's that, finally. This is the real goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and then Lorelai gets back to Stars Hollow. I kind of, like, shoehorned my Stars Hollow moment into this because there wasn't much for the episode. So her returning the truck to Luke is my Stars Hollow moment. Uh the mattress surprise surprise is still there and Lorelai just kind of like side sidesteps her way out of any responsibility for the mattress uh which we always mm-hmm. expected yeah I forgot about the stars hollow nomination as well um we did discuss having introducing an Ivy League related mm-hmm. Yale related nomination so maybe Going forward, we may find ourselves not always having a Stars yeah. Hollow. But I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I think they do it pretty balanced. But yeah, for this episode, I just I didn't include mm-hmm. one. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> we also get a tiny scene where, which we mentioned earlier, with some of the girls from the dorm hall bringing Rory some coffee and taking asking her to go with them to the orientation assembly type thing. And we Mm -hmm. get the feeling that Rory has made friends, which doesn't prove to be the (laughs) point. Uh, Or it's not the truth. Uh, Later on, she never makes any more friends. Yeah, I feel like it's common that you like bond with your, you know, your hall mates. And then Mm -hmm. at some point you aren't as close to them, especially once you've moved out. But it doesn't typically happen like that fast (laughs) in my experience. But hey. (laughs) And then after all of this Lorelai returns home and the la 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 music starts to play and she's kind of surveying the house looking around and I think Lauren Graham does fantastic here mm-hmm. with her expression where you can like practically see like the tears like welling yeah. in her eyes but they don't quite fall 
and it's very powerful and it was just like again like you had said it was directed so well to the point of like I imagine so much of like what she must be Mm -hmm. feeling and to like look at that space which has been so like her and Rory for so long like she's never been there when Rory hasn't lived there before like now she's all alone which is like so sad but also like full of possibility Mm -hmm. and a new chapter at the same time but it must be like so bittersweet and I yeah it really was like oh my gosh yeah cry (laughs) no yeah maybe the simplicity of this episode is the reason that we were able to get these scenes that like were kind of long like we were able to linger with the characters as they were having these emotions which I feel like Mm -hmm. if there had been a lot of plot stuff to get to we might not have been able to do that so it yeah. was good. It did let them shine. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, and we've also are now set up for the two main conflicts of this season for Lorelai figuring out how to be in Stars Hollow without Rory there and Rory figuring out how to be in Yale. It's exciting. And I feel like I remember that of a lot of shows, Gilmore, Gr- Gilmore Girls does the hey, we're in college mm-hmm. now fairly well because that is like the ultimate challenge for the high school show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious to like watch it slowly and see how they build yeah. that like new chapter of the show as well. Yeah, I'm excited to be okay. at Yale. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm practically a student. I know. We should get honorary degrees. We totally should. We should at least get sweatshirts. <laughs> okay, cool. Sign me up. <laughs> All right. Um, who is your MVP for this episode? I decided to go traditional and give it to Rory. Um, me too. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> This is like a huge step for her. And even though at some points during the episode, she felt like she was like not being mature or whatever enough for this part in her life. I think she did a great job and she's got a lot to look forward to in college. And also just like her portrayal of moving into college was relatable. (laughs) So why did you pick her? I think really for what you said, like this is such a huge moment for her that she's been like, dreaming of since she was so young and it's finally realized and I'm just excited to be along on that journey with her yeah I'm waiting for that haircut oh yeah are you gonna <laughs> cut your hair at the same time that she <laughs> I could yeah I was actually thinking I wanted to go shorter again so maybe I'll actually schedule that to align nice. do it for the gram yeah. <laughs> since we post a lot of pictures of ourselves on our Instagram Hardly. I don't think there's a single But one. I could do it for the TikTok. Then. Yeah. I do put my face on there occasionally because it's the genre. Yeah. Which is a perfect <laughs> reminder. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. Mm-hmm. And again, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And send us your thoughts at talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Patreon mm-hmm. where we have our ad free episodes as well. Yep. All right. And well, talk soon. Talk soon. <laughs>